This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. And welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Miles Danhausen. How's it going, Miles? Good. I'm feeling some deja vu here. Yeah. Uh, not only did we just get off of recording the year in review episode that came out on Wednesday, but we just lost about 10 minutes of this conversation that we're going to have. And the worst part about uh, losing that information is that you and I had to talk to each other for free, basically. <laughs> yeah. So... Here's round two. Uh, it's going to be even snappier than normal, although we won't be able to get back the uh, musical number that the two of us did. Yeah, because, it's a bummer. Yeah, we don't have the budget to do that all again and bring back in the orchestra. So we'll just have to go without for our special Christmas <laughs> episode of the podcast. Because it is Christmas Eve and we want everybody to listen to the podcast and then get back to their family as quickly as possible, we're just going to have a little bit of an abbreviated episode this time around, uh, which should be helped by the fact that we literally just recorded it. So <laughs> round two, uh, we're going to talk just about two quick things. We're going to have a special guest appearance by Oxford Blue, the office dog. Hi, Ox. Hope that he uh, hope that he's quiet. Um, <laughs> so we're going to have a, uh, a guest on Larry... Thorson, uh, also known as Thor. He did a eulogy for Carol Newman that we featured in the paper a couple weeks ago, and he came in to record his eulogy for folks to hear. And you can tell me a little bit about Carol and her life, but it was it was a very nice eulogy and, and really kind of hits that small town flavor. And it should be nice for people to hear in his own words. Yeah, Carol was the longtime owner of the Pioneer Store in Ellison Bay. Some will remember that when... Basically, the downtown of Ellison Bay suffered through a, a terrible tragedy in 2006, I believe, when there was a propane explosion, and it actually leveled the Pioneer store. Carol Newman was upstairs at the time, and kind of a, a miracle that she, when the, the building was just destroyed, and when it collapsed, she was able to walk out and suffer minimal injuries. Wow. It was really kind of crazy to be in Ellison Bay that morning, but... You know, she passed October 29th after running the Pioneer Store for, I believe it was 53 years. The, f the first chunk of that was with her husband, Lester, who passed away in, in 1993. But it's hard to really describe what a place like that means for a small town like Ellison Bay and a small community like that. Just having that one touchstone place to, to go back to that's always there for you in a tiny little town. And I thought nobody could sum it up any better than Larry did in his eulogy. And I asked him to come in and, and record that for the podcast, because I think people could hear that in his words, and his voice is better than mine, and he just did a, a wonderful job on it. So I think people will enjoy that on the latter half of this podcast. Great. So we'll, we'll jump into that next. But before we do, I just wanted to talk about one pretty cool thing that, that happened on Thursday, last Thursday, correct? Yes. We talk a lot on the podcast, especially this year, about kind of the three major challenges that Door County faces in terms of its growth and its future, those being high-speed internet access, affordable housing, and childcare. Mm -hmm. Those are kind of the three big challenges that you need in order to bring new people into the county to work and to grow and to make the community what it's going to be in the years coming. And we've talked a lot about some of the steps forward and some of the steps back in affordable housing this year. If you listen to our year in review episode on Wednesday, we talked about internet and how internet is about to get really interesting, especially up on Washington Island in the next year. But now we can talk a little bit about 
childcare and how that might grow and evolve because there was a $3.5 million grant that was given to the United Way of Door County and all of that money in some way, shape or form is going to be used to improve childcare up here. Yeah, really stunning. I think stunning even to the people who received the money. Governor Tony Evers was in town at the Door County Community Foundation last week to announce that grant. And the grant will provide funds for Sturgeon Bay's Door Community Child Development Center to build a new facility that can now service a lot more families, a lot more kids. I think they are licensed for 83 children now, and they currently have 30 people on their wait list. And this will allow them to kind of service everybody on that wait list. So it'll dramatically expand childcare in the Sturgeon Bay area. And, you know, that has a ripple down effect throughout the community. That's more families that can return to the workforce. It's a game changer for that area. And what the problem is, is the the current facility just isn't big enough to house that many. Um, in Northern Door, they actually have the, the space to serve more people or more children. They don't have the staff. Yeah, and the children aren't people. Yeah. <laughs> and the space needs to be renovated and updated to be more efficient and serve the the needs that they have now versus what, when it was built 25 years ago. Yeah, I didn't have iPads back then. They're going to put in a whole iPad room. Yeah. And then they, it gives them some funding for succession planning in Northern Door, where, you know, they, if you can't keep employees around, even just to work in childcare industry, which is the problem nationwide, well, then you don't get your next generation of leaders when you need them. And so if, if people are funneling out of that workforce, now what they're going to get is some funding to help create some succession planning and to find that next person who will lead once the, the current leaders are ready to move on. So some good things there, some good long range planning options there, but then there's also a housing component to this where yeah. the Door County Housing Partnership is going to get some funding to create affordable housing and further their efforts in Sturgeon Bay with some of that housing being available for the, uh, the workforce at the Sturgeon Bay Center. And then Paula Anschutz, who has been working diligently to move the cabins from Little Sister Resort and a house there to repurpose them for housing in Sister Bay, she will get some funding to further her efforts and she will be setting aside some of those spaces for people who work for early childhood educators in Sister Bay. So you get a housing component, you get a childcare component, really just a game changer for Door County. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that kind of like trickle down effect that happens when you get this kind of money for a certain type of thing, right? So it's easy for any of these challenges. If they don't affect you, it's easy to think that they're not important or that you don't have to worry about them, right? So if you don't have kids, maybe you don't necessarily see the need for childcare as much as people who do have kids. If you have good internet, then you kind of think that the internet's fine, right? Mm -hmm. If you already have a house up here, then the market doesn't affect you. And why do we need to make housing affordable? I already have my place, right? But you have to understand that even things that don't directly affect you do affect you in other ways, right? If you already live here, but nobody else can come up, then you're not going to have people to work in the businesses that you frequent. You're not going to have people to staff the nonprofits that you enjoy. You're not going to have people to take care of the landscape. Everything that you enjoy about living here starts to go away if other people can't live here affordably. I remember my eyes were first open to this idea in college when we were doing a it was a play about, you know, the, the different social and economic impacts that going to college has on different families. And we did a talk back at the end. And one of the students asked, like, why do I need to pay for the theater building when I'm not in theater? Right. I got here on a sports scholarship. Why do I have to pay for this building in my tuition? And one of the faculty members jumped in and said, well, think about it this way. 
even though you don't use this building, even though, you know, the, the students here putting on this play might not use the athletics facility, if everybody didn't pay for everything, there wouldn't be enough money to support any of it, right? If only the theater students paid for the theater, you wouldn't have a theater. If only the athletic students paid for the sports complex, you wouldn't have that. You need everybody to chip in. And so when you have situations like uh, a school coming up for referendum, and this doesn't really apply here because, you know, we overwhelmingly support education in Door County for the most part. But if you, you know, if you see the referendum coming up and you vote no on it because you don't have kids, and why would your taxes need to go up if you don't have kids, then the school doesn't have as much money as it used to. The quality of the education might decline. They might not be able to attract new families to come in. And then all of a sudden you're back to that same thing of like, well, if we don't have new families coming into this community because the schools aren't very good, then I don't get to go to my favorite restaurant. I don't get to Mm -hmm. go to my favorite business. I start to lose the things that I moved here for, Mm -hmm. those types of things. So I'm glad that you brought up how everything is connected in that way, especially when we're talking about Issues that don't affect everybody in the same way, they do affect everybody in ways that people might not think about right away. Mm -hmm. What you're getting at, basically, is that if you're an employer, especially in Surgeon Bay, if now 30 people have childcare, that's 30 people who can, or 30 families, that's maybe probably one parent in each of those households that now can either go back to work or work more. Maybe they had shifted to part-time, maybe they had cobbled together childcare from grandparents and babysitters and probably paying a lot more for that and that kind of thing. So now you just have a more stable workforce to work with. And that's that's one of the things Brian Stevens at the hospital has talked about and, and other business leaders throughout the city. So a big step forward there. To me, I've been following this for, for a long time and I had conversations with different people involved in this at very early stages in this. And it's pretty incredible to me to see where it has ended up. Like United Way started their conversation about childcare before COVID. And COVID threw childcare into a mess nationwide for families everywhere. And we saw the ripple effects of you take the childcare, you pull that rug out from underneath it, the workforce falls apart. Anybody who employed anybody who was a parent saw that and felt that. But even before COVID, it was a crisis here in Door County. Uh, the Barker was looking at closing before COVID ever hit. And the Bar- that's the Barker Child Development Center. And so United Way starts this conversation. They continue it through COVID and they end up having to shift a lot of things to virtual. But they they talked to a lot of different entities and Governor Evers in awarding this grant pointed to that and said like, hey, I don't personally vet these grants, but I know that our our administration decided to grant this to, to Door County and to United Way. A big part of it was that it was multiple different areas being touched by this project and all of the outreach and community involvement that they had been doing for multiple years to bring a lot of people to the table and not just parents, but the employers, the legislators and community leaders. So that made a big difference in them even getting this grant. And then like Mariah Good's been working on housing for 20 years and to see her organization, uh, the Door County Housing Partnership, get some funding and see that come to fruition. To see Paula Anschutz start from like going down to Little Sister Resort looking for, hey, what might I be able to get from these old cabins before they destroy them? To go from that to, I'm going to save these cabins. I'm going to create a housing project. I don't know anything about any of this yet. And now she's moving buildings down the street. Like, And then to have her get rewarded for that extra work and all the hard work she's put in by getting some money for it. And to see these two child care centers, I mean, especially Alexis Fuller and Bridget Starr down in Sturgeon Bay. I mean, people were in panic. You know, 80 families were going to lose their child care. And they stepped up, did the hard work took what everyone said was a failing business plan and said, we're going to make this work and we're going to make it better. And now that reward comes through. So 
to me, it's just like such a, a nod to the perseverance of all these people involved and people who didn't wait for someone else to lead the way. And, they, and then Christina Studebaker at the United Way, bringing them all together and saying, all right, you might be able to be a part of this. You can help us. We can help you. And we can help the community. Uh, it's just, I, I wrote about this this week, but I think that's just such a great model for everybody to get out of your silos, to think creatively, to not worry about the credit for things, not worry about it's got to be mine kind of thing. And it's got to be my organization that does it. But instead going, what does the community need? How do we get there? And I think that was the biggest thing I saw. And I was sitting there in that room and seeing these eight women who barely knew each other two years ago. Now they brought $3.5 million into this community. It's amazing. Right. So with that, uh, we've got some uplifting news to take us into Christmas. And we're all feeling good about that. <laughs> so we're going to jump into Larry Thorson's eulogy for Carol Newman, right? Yeah. All right. Thank you, Miles. And I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Andrew. We're all here today to celebrate the life of our friend, Carol Newman. Now, Carol wasn't very big in stature. She was quite soft-spoken. We didn't often see her outside the Pioneer store. It was, for the most part, her domain, her world. And yet, her influence extended well beyond those four walls and was, in fact, felt so strongly by all of us that we have come together here today to honor her and to share our sadness of her passing. Now, many of us are transplants here, having come from someplace else, some recently, some many years ago. One common experience we have all had is that we have discovered the Pioneer Store and then had to figure out what exactly it was. It's more than a general store or convenience store, that's for sure. It's our community center, a clearinghouse for local information. It's the heart and soul of our little town. It's the place where we can get a quart of milk and a weather report, a loaf of bread, and find out how so-and-so's hip replacement went. For years and years, the Pioneer store was open till 10 o'clock, six nights a week. Sundays, they closed at six. Now, this wasn't because Lester and Carol were trying to squeeze out the last sale of every given day. It's just how they took care of their neighbors. As steady as the North Star. If you'd get home at 9.30 from this or that, the Pioneer store would be open, even if you didn't need anything. It was a good feeling just knowing it was there, keeping vigil. Lester and or Carol were always there. Their workload was staggering, but onward they went. When Lester retired from teaching, everyone thought that he and Carol would eventually get to enjoy a nice long retirement. But that was not meant to be. Only a few years after Lester retired, he suddenly died. Carol, of course, was devastated. I remember her telling me when I offered my condolences that Lester was her best friend. That broke my heart. The whole town worried about how Carol would ever go on, knowing the huge amount of work it took to run the place. But Carol did what Carol always did. She went forward. She did what had to be done. She took care of all of us who depended on the Pioneer Store, and always without an ounce of self-pity or woe-is-me-ism. She simply did her work and carried on. 
Over the next few years, the hours were cut back some, but little else changed. Then the unthinkable happened. In July of 2006, in the middle of the night, a gas explosion blew up a cottage in Cedar Grove, taking the lives of two guests staying there, and also blew up the Pioneer store. The explosion nearly jolted us right out of bed. I grabbed some clothes and flew out the door to see what had happened. I couldn't believe what I saw in front of my eyes. I ran over to the burning cottage and then to the Pioneer store. By this time, my wife, Judy, had made her way to the store. She said to me, Carol's in there. We have to do something. Just then, the first fire truck came flying down the hill from Sister Bay. We flagged it down and said, there's a woman in there, pointing to the bedroom window. Having lived in Ellison Bay for so long, we knew which light in the upstairs residence was the last to go out each night. They shot a ladder up to the second floor window and some anonymous local volunteer fireman hero flew up the ladder, pulled the screen off the window, and disappeared inside. It seemed like time stood still. But the next thing we saw was Carol, fully clothed, backing out of the window, and climbing down that ladder. Like a phoenix rising from the ashes, Carol descended from the wreckage. It was a transformative moment. In the midst of all that chaos, in the wake of this terrible tragedy, a miracle had taken place right before our eyes. Though badly shaken up, Carol was alive and well, No matter how tragic something may be, hope can sometimes triumph. The next few days were a blur. The community wrestled with the grief at the loss of two souls visiting our little town. The Pioneer Store, our community heart and soul, was blown to bits. The road was closed and investigators were pouring over every inch of the town trying to piece together what had happened. Nobody really knew what the future held for our village. I looked out the front window of our shop one morning at the closed road and saw Carol making her way up the street. About that time, I heard a motorcycle rolling into town from north on 42, and I realized it was Carl T. Carlson, another hometown hero and master carpenter, making his way into town on his Harley. He and Carol rendezvoused at the barricade. Being a lifelong snoop, I watched the two of them mesmerized. They both looked at the wreckage of the Pioneer store. They were gesturing to each other, talking back and forth, and I felt as though I was witnessing a plan being hatched. The net effect was very calming and encouraging. Once the demolition had been completed and the site had been cleared, Carl T. and his crew went to work rebuilding the Pioneer store. Many times during the next few months, I'd invent a reason to take a walk that would take me past the construction. I loved watching Carl T. and his boys work on that building. It seemed as though they'd been born to do this job. They worked with an intensity that bordered on reverence. That vibe was being built right into that structure. It almost felt like they were building a church or a temple. In less than one year, the Pioneer Store was finished and a dedication ceremony was planned. It was thought that maybe a few dozen people would show up. But on that sunny Sunday afternoon, several hundred showed up to celebrate this triumph over tragedy. 
There were speeches and toasts and reflections and testimonies. And there were a lot of really happy people present. Probably the most memorable moment was the three-word prayer offered by Pastor Michael Brecky. God bless Carol. And he did. The Pioneer Store was back. Carol was back in business and at the helm. Everyone shared the feeling. The only thing that was different was the newness of it all. The smell of fresh paint, the brighter lights, and the crispness of everything took a little getting used to. Not long after it was back up and running, I was in there to grab a little lunch. I was in line to check out just behind my friend Rob Bustler. He was looking up and around the room and had a pleased look on his face. I said, what are you looking at? He said, look at that, nodding up at the top of the coolers. I hadn't noticed it before, but Carol had put up some old milk bottles and cream pitchers and antique advertising pieces that looked like they'd probably come out of the old store. He said, some might call that clutter. I just call it the Pioneer Store. Now, doesn't that feel a little better? Yeah, it did. And all the years since then have been good years for Carol and Ellison Bay and the Pioneer Store. We've all had ups and downs, but we have all had a front row seat watching Kent and Dale and Alex grow up, each becoming their own person. Bev and Jean, and of course, daughters Barb and Liz, have all stepped up and taken on their own individual roles in the operation of the Pioneer Store. As Door County has transformed into something nearly unrecognizable from what it used to be, change has come much slower to Ellison Bay. With the Pioneer Store as the village lighthouse and Carol as its quiet and steady beacon, life here is not really all that different than it used to be. More folks come here every year, and Carol has still been ever-present, providing beer and soda, the crackers and bread, showing folks what the spirit of Ellison Bay looks like, and answering that age-old question, what do you do up here in the wintertime? In recent years, as Carol's health has been in decline, we've all been worried about how she could go on. But go on she has. Like the Energizer Bunny banging those cymbals or the Timex watch that just keeps on ticking, Carol just kept her going. Seldom has there been a more apt partnering of person and object than Carol and her shopping cart. It became her walker, her cane, keeping her mobile and steady, while at the same time giving her a means to restock shelves so she wouldn't waste time doing just one thing at a time. But, eventually, the bunny stopped banging the cymbal, the watch stopped ticking, and Carol has left us. And so, we must gather together all the lessons we've learned from knowing and being around Carol all these years. So, we must go forward, always forward. We must always do our best work, do the best we can to care for our community, Keep the shelves stocked. This rather small woman, at least by my standards, has left behind huge shoes to fill. Who knew Carol had such big feet? I can't help but feel that somewhere in a quiet little corner of heaven, there's a heavenly version of the Pioneer Store. 
I look forward to one day walking into that store. I'll see Carol and her shopping cart stocking shelves, and I'll make my way up towards her. Hi, Carol, I'll say. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Larry? She always called me Larry. I'm good, too. Hey, Carol, you know, I got this new favorite beer. I think it'd really go good here. Well, as you know, I'm not much of a beer drinker, but if you write down what it's called and leave it at the counter, I'll see if I can get it. Great. Thanks, Carol. And when I leave, I can't wait to come back because I just know that the odds are pretty good that the next time I come in, my new favorite beer will be right there in the cooler. And now, I'd like you all to join me in that little three-word prayer originally offered by Michael Brecky all those years ago. Let us pray. God bless Carol. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.